Hello everyone, welcome back to uh, Mike Armstrong's podcast. Uh, today, uh, I'm going to have a chat about uh, entrepreneurialism really, and uh, what it is I think um, are the most important characteristics uh, of somebody to have in order to be uh, an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur. So um, I blog about this sort of stuff all the time on my website, which is uh, mikearmstrong.me forward slash news or mikearmstrong.me forward slash um, uh, uh, business hyphen advice. And, uh, you know, you can get lots of this sort of content there. But for now, I'm going to actually go through and uh, talk it through on my podcast. So uh, number one I'm going to talk about is self-motivation. So um, obviously, one of the most important traits of an entrepreneur is to be self-motivated. When you uh, want to succeed, you need to be able to push yourself. Yeah, You aren't uh, answerable to anyone else as an entrepreneur. And that sometimes means that it's hard to get moving without anyone to make you. So you need to be dedicated to what, you, uh, what you're trying to achieve in order to be able to move forward. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you sometimes got to be prepared to work without a paycheck and work doing what it is that you love um, and working on the foundations of a business before that business actually comes off. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's uh, uh, one of the most important traits of uh, an entrepreneur is to be self-motivated. Um, after that then I think it's important to be able to understand what it is that you offer um, what it is that you bring to the party so uh, you need to know um, you know what it is that uh, you can do that's uh, providing solutions and what's going to fit into a particular market so it's whether, whether it's a product or a service you need to know where that product or service is going to fit in um, that means you need to, um, you know, sometimes try try something, put it out there in the market and be prepared to tweak it a bit in order that it does fit in somewhere. So um, it's also important to know when you do uh, fit into a marketplace, where in the marketplace you fit. Are you sort of uh, at the bottom end of the market? Are you sort of mid-market or are you high-end? Um, because if you know where you are in the market or, or where your products and services fit into the market, then you're going to be able to know how to market them and who to market them to, etc. So it's important to uh, to understand what you are, what you offer, what solutions you're providing and where within the marketplace you sit. Um, being able to position yourself and then adjust yourself along the way, depending on you know where uh, ultimately the market decides you sit, is an important part of being an entrepreneur. And then after that, uh, number three, I think, would be uh, you've got to be able to and be prepared to take risks. So ultimately, you can't do or achieve anything in life if you're in your comfort zone. And in order to um, get out of your comfort zone, you've got to be able to take some risks. And successful entrepreneurs know that it's important to keep taking risks. Playing it safe is never, ever, ever going to lead to success as a business owner. So um, it's not um, just about taking any old risks, though. You can't just you know, gamble your business and gamble your life. You've got to take calculated risks that you know are more likely to pay off than not. And if you prove to be a successful entrepreneur, then those risks, more of them will pay off than not. And you'll end up to be able to build a business. And if you are taking risks and they're calculated and they're not paying off, then probably you haven't got the right gut feel or the right um, risk-taking ability to be an entrepreneur or to be any successful at it. So um, I would say that's an important trait, really. And number four, 
is I would say you need to know how to network. Um, ultimately, your net worth or the value of yourself and your business is going to be determined by the network that you surround yourself with. So the more people you surround yourself with, the more um, likely you are to achieve whatever it is you're trying to achieve. So it's important to, uh, to know that as part of success, you need to build a good team. And in order to build a good team, you've got to be able to network with people and, and add people to your team. So being able to connect with others and recognize opportunities, partnership opportunities, collaborations, um, you know, uh, supplier, um, customer relationships, uh, new potential sales targets, all these things you need to be able to uh, find whilst networking and growing your network and growing your contacts. Um, so you've got to be able to figure out uh, which networking opportunities you should be attending to in order to find the right people that you need to grow your network and to find, you know, your, your team within that network. So um, that's uh, number uh, four. And then uh, number five, I would say, um, which is important for entrepreneurs, is to, to have um, at least the basic uh, money management skills and knowledge. You know, you've got to have an understanding of finance and money and that sort of thing because whether you like it or not it's an important part of any business you know making money and making profit and you know keeping your costs low etc is integral to being able to grow a business so um you know we often think that uh, uh, successful entrepreneurs are big picture guys but um most successful entrepreneurs are very good at also analyzing performance and, and bean counting etc so um you know if you're not good in that area and you're in business and you want to grow your business you're gonna to have to start learning things about like uh, profit and loss and balance sheets and P&Ls you know and, and, and profit and and uh, uh, net worth um, liquidity assets you need to learn about all this sort of stuff in order to be able to manage your situation so that's uh, number five uh, number six, I think, this is one of the ones I believe massively in, is you've got to be adaptable or flexible. Um, a lot of people are far, far, far too rigid in business and too rigid in what they're trying to do in order to actually pull it off. Just like now in the lockdown situation, loads of businesses are going to die because they're too rigid and lots of businesses are going to pivot and move on to something else, probably online or with delivery involved. And they're going to survive because they've been flexible and adaptable to the situation. So, um, you know, whether you like it or not, you've got to be willing to make changes. You've got to be willing to improve. You've got to be will willing to improve um, systems and processes to get them more efficient in your business. You've got to be willing to adapt to market, ch uh, uh, changing the market conditions and adapt to situations and crises like this. So you've got to be very adaptable and very flexible. You also sometimes need to be flexible and uh, adaptable, flexible and adaptable in your thinking when it comes to doing deals and deal making. So many people I speak speak to won't move from the box you know this is the way we do it this is the way we've always done it we're never going to move outside of this box but ultimately you're going to lose deals and lose customers by not being willing to flex ultimately the customer's right and the customer the way the customer wants to do business is the way that you should be doing business with the customer so if you're not willing to bend or flex your box thinking you're going to lose customers and that's not a good thing if you want to grow your business so uh you know learn how to be more flexible and more adaptable and then the the big one for me the be all and end all 
is passion. Number seven, you've got to be passionate about what you do. You've got to be enthusiastic and exciting because you're going to have to get people to join your party, you know, to join your team, to buy from you, to sell to you, to collaborate with you, etc. And if you're not passionate or enthusiastic about what you do, you're not going to be able to persuade any of those people to join you. So you need to be passionate. And a big reason and a big way in which I've always been passionate is I'm always passionate about helping people. And so all the jobs and everything I've ever done in the past have always been helping people. And now I'm on my big major sort of uh, uh, goal in life, which is to help as many people on the planet as I can. And I'm passionate about that uh, uh, opportunity. And so I'm going to wake up every day excited and wanting to do it. So sometimes you need to find a, a clear why, why you're doing it, why you're in business, why you're actually trying you know, to become an entrepreneur in the first place and what it is you're trying to achieve. And if you can get crystal laser-like focus on your why and the reason you're doing something, that's going to ignite so much passion and enthusiasm in you that you can't help but actually get all of the things you need in place in order to achieve what you want to achieve. So that's me, Mike Armstrong, on the Mike Armstrong podcast, hashtag Mike Armstrong podcasts. You can find out more about me at MikeArmstrong.me and hopefully that's been of some use to you um, finding out and learning more about the seven characteristics of a successful entrepreneur. Um, There's nothing else left for me to say now other than have a good day. I know I will. Cheers. Bye-bye. Good morning, welcome back to the uh, Mike Armstrong podcast. Uh, this morning I'm going to do a, another morning motivation. And uh, this morning I'm going to talk about uh, your why. Um, I think it's very important in life to uh, to find your why. You know, why it is that you do what you do or why, why it is that you are trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve or what it is about, uh, you know, yourself and your life that you're supposed to be accomplishing and what you're supposed to be doing. So a lot of entrepreneurs I've listened to on the personal development journey have said that, you know, it's very important to crystallise your why and find out why it is that you're doing stuff. And uh, something that's happened to me uh, very recently, I've sort of crystallised my why and I understand what it is I'm supposed to be doing on this planet. And... um, before that, I sort of knew that I was supposed to be doing something in this in the in the similar sort of direction in the right you know, I was in the right area, but um you know I was sort of dotting around I was sort of like you know all around the why, but I wasn't quite on the why you know, and I think when you find your why and you understand exactly what it is you're supposed to be doing, everything becomes much more clearer and everything becomes much more sort of focused and you know, you can basically put all of the effort and the energy that you know that you put into whatever it is that you do daily, your tasks, your goals, your your activities. You can sort of direct them exactly, you know, in the direction of of where they need to be going, rather than you know roughly in the right area, and so. Um, you know, I think uh, I think it's important to try and crystallise your why and not just, you know, be working towards it, working towards the why. Um, and I think uh, there's there's ways of doing that, you know. So I think for me, 
I actually, um, I went on a podcast which went through my life story and it went through, you know, sort of my history, really. I think it went, it unlocked a lot of memories and unlocked a lot of um, sort of information for myself to be able to assess what it was that I was trying to achieve, you know, because, like, when you're busy doing what you're doing all, all the time, when you're busy doing activities, you're not always giving yourself the the real time to think, actually, what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I'm trying to achieve? What is it that I want out of life? So I think, um, I think you know, going through, you know, maybe some meditation or, or some regression or what I did was going through my life in a, a story by talking through it in a two-hour uh, sort of episode which I, I was doing on a podcast called Fire in the Belly which is about uh, you know talking about your passion and what, what, what makes you tick sort of thing and uh, and so I went through this exercise of sort of talking about my life you know from an early age up to to, to to where I am now and what it is that I've been doing all my life and what it is I've been looking for and achieving and why I'm doing what I'm doing etc and I think after that process because like as you're going through life you're really thinking about you know what what you're doing and where you're at at that moment all the way through life you're thinking about that moment and and I think when you go back and think about your whole life and you really start to think about what it is that you enjoy and what it is that you love and what it is you you, you are good at achieving and whatever I think you can sort of crystallize exactly what it is that you're you're looking for and what it is that you're trying to achieve or what it is that you want to do and I think once you actually find what it is that you want to do and what it is that you uh, you know uh, you know what it is that you're trying to achieve then I think once that crystallizes in your head then then the activities that you do can 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 multiply really they they sort of like I think that's where like uh, people like Grant Cardone uh, you know and talk about 10x 10x thinking you know the the size of your goals and ambitions and dreams can, can grow because you're so clear on what it is you're trying to do that it becomes very efficient in in, in reaching out and, and, and obtaining that thing rather than inefficient you know sort of work it all around it but not actually bang on it um so yeah i think it's important to find your why really why it is that you uh wait you want to want to you know achieve whatever it is you want to achieve and why it is you sort of wake up you want to wake up every day with such energy and enthusiasm and passion for the thing that you want to do that no no one or nothing will stand in your way so uh so that's my morning motivation today is uh you know do what what you need to do to find your why if you're um you know lifelong sort of ambitious goal-oriented person and you you know you're near your why but you haven't quite crystallized or you know gone bang on your why um i would suggest giving me a call i can put you in touch with uh the fire in the belly uh, podcast you can go through a similar sort of experience that i've gone through a bit of a regression through your life and, and hopefully you know that process might do what what it did for me and that's uh you know really sort of really hit home you know and, and really sort of uh, focus you on on what your why is and, and what you're, you're supposed to be doing so uh get in touch that's enough for me on that subject. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, there's nothing else for me to say now. But then have a great day. I know I will. 
Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk about uh, the mentor-mentee relationship and about, uh, you know, how in your life you should have uh, um, people uh, above you on your level and below you at equal measures of uh, 33, 33, 33, you know, a third, a third, a third. So, uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic day for me today, actually. I managed to... uh, well, you know, the last couple of days and, and today I've managed to pick up some uh, some mentees who, uh, you know, really need some help in finding their why and helping them discover, you know, what it is they need to discover and the skills they need to learn in order to actually achieve their goals and their dreams, their ambitions. So I've managed to pick up some, uh, some mentees. I've also managed to pick up a mentor as well. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, been a, it's been a good couple of days. It's been a great day today. Um, yeah, it's just fantastic, you know, it's just uh, good times at the moment. But um, yeah, I just wanted to sort of crystallise with people, really. I, I myself never massively been into mentors. Um, I, um, I've i always been pretty good at what I do. Um, so I've learned off myself and, and I've been good at problem solving and stuff. So I just always had faith in myself. I'm a lifelong learner. I, I, I use uh, Google and uh, YouTube to teach myself skills and to upskill, etc. So I've never often felt that I needed a mentor. You know, early on in sales, I had a good boss, uh, Craig Roberts, who uh, showed me the way in sales and that sort of thing. And I've had some other good bosses along the way. Not many, to be honest with you. I've probably learned more off the bad bosses than the good ones. But, you know, so I've had uh, <laughs> sort of mentorship in a in a opposite way, like, you know. But um, as somebody who's been lifelong learning, you know, I've often avoided the, uh, the mentor-mentee relationship. But I've been coached by, and trained by different people in the different areas that I've wanted to learn and excel in. But uh, a bit later on in life, I've been sort of, uh, well, put down the personal development journey. And what I realised is, is that, you know, there are some fantastic people out in the world that you can accelerate your learning from. Um, you know, people who've already studied lots of other people and therefore have got a lot more information to, to, to pass on than, you know, that you can actually learn in a lifetime sometimes, which is why many people don't actually get up to, you know, doing whatever it is they're trying to achieve because they don't learn enough. So, um, so yeah, so my thought process, process is I wish somebody when I was a bit younger had guided me towards a mentor or, or I wish I'd found that right mentor who was able to help me. And a lot of the time, you know, you put yourself off a mentor because maybe you can't afford it, etc. You know, if that's the situation and you really would like a mentor but you can't afford it, then speak to me. And, uh, you know, if we're right for each other, etc., then I'm more than willing to, to take up that uh, responsibility because I know it'll come back in, in tenfold in the future, like, you know. So, uh, yeah, so I'm willing to, to, to be a mentor to anyone who wants help in business, sales, marketing, you know, uh, mental um, wellness, well-being, um, any of that sort of stuff, you know, how to make themselves happy through the, the daily activity and routine that they're doing. <coughs> I'm here to help, guys. So if anyone wants to reach out to me, then do so. And if there's any mentors who think, you know, they can see what path I'm on and they they can help me get to wherever I uh, want to get to, then I'm happy to, to do that too because, you know, you can never learn and know too much 
Uh, it's a good philosophy to have in life and uh, one I think that'll serve you well. So, you know, in the last sort of three, four years, I've been getting mentored by the best people on the planet in various areas, sales, marketing, uh, property, um, you know, psychology, um, all sorts of stuff, really, business, finance, um, all that sort of stuff, which, uh, you know, is important if you are trying to achieve some big goals or big ambitions, you need to know all this stuff. So, uh yeah, thanks to all the guys that I've been learning off. And, uh, you know, uh, thank you. Hopefully I can bring some guys through myself, you know, with, with some of your sort of master knowledge, really. I've managed to pick up a lot of good stuff along the uh, the years, really, and along especially the last three years. And I wanted to share it with other people, which is why I'm putting it on my podcast. So uh, that's pretty much all I've got to say on that subject. Uh, there's nothing else uh, left for me to say now other than have a good day. I know I will. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast. I'm um, just going to go through uh, a little bit of uh, sort of goal setting really. I've covered this a bit on my podcast, sort of uh, it's good to have short, medium and long-term goals. A lot of people have the big goal, the long-term goal, but they don't realise that you need to put stepping stones in place to reach them. So you've got to have, you know, some big goals a few of them that are sort of halfway between, you know, where you are now and, and the big one. And then you need lots of little tasks, little goals, little completion things that you're doing every day in order to reach those medium goals all in the direction of the big goal. So, like, for example, my big goal is to become a global author and speaker. So in order to do that, I've got to be known. So in order to do that, I've got to have like medium goals of, you know, X amount of Instagram followers, X amount of LinkedIn followers, X amount of Facebook followers, X amount of podcast followers, etc., etc. And then obviously, if you in order to get those X amount of followers, so they're a number of medium goals, you know, because I've got to have all of those things in place in order to achieve the big goal. But then in order to do that, I've got to do stuff on a daily basis, which I'm ticking off aiming towards those medium goals. So maybe I have to post so many times a day, or I've got to create so many different types of features or, or, or content, or um, I've got to um, you know, engage with so many people, whatever, you know, so, so, but, but that's the strategy, so if you're working on something really, really big, work on a, a few things in the middle, and then work on lots of little things to get to those things in the, in the middle, and uh, one of my strategies, obviously, to become a global, global author, speaker, etc., is obviously this podcast, I've also been blogging for a long time, and uh, obviously, uh, when I write my book as well, that, that really then is, is sort of three, three main tools which can get me around the world you know people who google search can find my content people who are into podcasting and podcasts can find my my, my podcast and uh, if once i've written a book entrepreneurs and the people i'm, I'm writing books for uh, i'll write my book for to inspire entrepreneurs and help them um obviously they'll find my book as well so it's three different sort of uh, three-pronged attack if you like of uh, getting to where i want to get to and uh, i've put a big map of the world on uh, on my wall and uh, I'm, I'm on a mission to put red pins. I've got a, a box of red pins when I put in, when I connect with somebody in a different part of the world. So I've been doing that for a while now, but I've not mentioned it on my podcast. 
and I've just decided after getting off uh, the phone to a really, really good call in uh, Austin in Texas um, to a guy called uh, The Jeff Trimble. Really great guy, sound guy, big fan of Grand Cardone, the same as I am. Big 10X, uh, massively in the world of social media and marketing and all of that. We hit it off like uh, a house on fire. We're going to get connected and help each other to grow and, and all of that sort of stuff. So I'm going to grab my little red pin and I'm going to stick it in Austin in Texas and say, well done, Mike, tap on the back. You're on your way to, the, to achieving the goal that you want to achieve. So, you know, that's an example of how you can set sort of small, you know, it's a small uh, goal along the way to achieving some medium goals, which are ultimately going to get me to the end goal. Uh, so I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Um, nothing else for me to say now other than have a good day. I know I will. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast. Uh, This evening I'm just going to have a little uh, chat about uh, not giving up really, about determination and about, uh, you know, seeing whatever it is that you're trying to do or trying to achieve, seeing it out to the end. So, um, you know, I believe uh, no matter um, how big your goal is, no matter how big your target is, no matter what you're trying to achieve in life, it is possible and you can do it. Uh, but a lot of people pull out and they pull out in the last minute. You know, a lot of businesses who, you know, they have a dream of doing something for themselves. But, you know, as soon as the going gets tough, they, they pull out. Um, and I understand, you know, it can be hard at the end of the day. Sometimes you've got to go through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of hassle. But if you're willing to stick at it, you're willing to learn, you're willing to improve, you're willing to develop and you're willing to keep going because you dream it and your goal or your ambition whatever it is you're trying to do is worth it if you keep in the game you keep stuck in you don't give up eventually my understanding is you will get to whatever you want to get to so you know this is a sort of um, a chat really for those people out there who you know are going through a tough time they're struggling they're really struggling at the moment what I want them to do is to focus on that thing that thing that keeps their um, soul alive you know the thing that they really have always wanted to do but they've been too frightened to tell anyone else in case other people put them off or tell them not to do it or tell them that's too big or it's impossible that thing that's inside you you know the thing that you've got a real passion a real enthusiasm or a real fire in the belly for that thing that thing you know that thing think about it yeah that thing if you actually only allowed and believed that you could go on and achieve it and you did everything every day, you know, focused on, you know, doing what you needed to do, putting the steps in place to get there, focusing on who are the top people already in it and what are they doing and how do I replicate that or how do I improve upon that? If you actually really, really want to do it and you stick in the game and you don't give up, I think personally everything's possible and you can do it. Um, obviously that's the name of my podcast hashtag you can do it and I believe you can do it and time is a great uh, is a great leveler like you know time it doesn't matter how big a gap is between where you are now and what you're trying to achieve or where you want to be it doesn't matter because 
time you know you can get a lot done in this world so it does it does it matter if it takes you 10 years does it matter if it takes you 20 years does it matter if it takes you 30 years as long as you get there in the end why does it matter it doesn't matter does it different goals and different dreams and different achievements take a different amount of time you know some people get there quicker some people don't some people you know um go the hard way I've, I've probably gone the hard way when it comes to sales and marketing you know i like to learn things myself i probably could have learned a lot of what i know now if i'd have just got myself a mentor but you know i like to really really learn it you know i like to test it myself and do stuff myself and all that sort of stuff and you know over the years you know i've had my challenges accounts being blocked and you know, things aren't quite working, but did I give up? No, I carried on, and so should you. You know, just, you know, if you've tried to make your dream happen and it didn't work, think about why it didn't work and have a look at somebody who has made it work and think about what you can do to, to switch towards that. If you're struggling in business right now, then, you know, sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and work out what it is that you're struggling with. Try and find somebody who can fill that gap or do some courses, do some learning, do some education and fill that gap yourself. There's lots of different ways of going about, you know, solving the problem, but you're never going to get to where you want to get to by quitting. But you can get there by learning, by developing, by improving, by getting better and by being patient and by taking, wait, waiting the time. At the end of the day, uh, I remember listening to a talk from Lord Sugar who said, like, you know, sometimes if you're in the right queue, you just got to wait there. It doesn't matter how long that queue is. Eventually, you will get to the front. You know, sometimes you've got to wait until the established industry, you know, some of the people disappear and, and you start moving up the queue. And eventually, if, if you're in the right queue, you can get to the front, you know. So sometimes just being patient is key. But anyway... <coughs> anyway... Um, that's enough really on that subject I think so um, just whatever you're doing if you're finding it tough stick at it if it's what you're meant to be doing and what you desire to be doing stick at it you will get there eventually if you're on the wrong path if you're doing something that you know doesn't feel right and it's just you know maybe you followed a parent's career or you've gone into something because you were academically good at it or whatever if it's not what sets your soul on fire if it's not what gives you the fire in the belly, if it's not what gives you passion, then ultimately you might do okay at it, you might do well at it, but you ain't gonna excel at it, you ain't gonna be completely awesome at it because it's not it's not you, it's not in every being of you or every cell of you or every fibre of you. So what you gotta do before it's too late is jump onto the thing that is your passion, that is your enthusiasm that does give you that fire in the belly and that determination because it's much easier to not quit and not give in when it's you are chasing your ultimate dream so uh yeah that's enough from me have a great day i know i will thanks very much cheers bye-bye Hello everyone, uh, welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast show. 
I'm going to cover uh, something which I believe uh, massively in the importance of, and that's uh, learning to turn your frown upside down. Um, basically, uh, learning to turn a negative situation into a positive situation. As far as I see it in life, there aren't really that many negative situations. They're just lessons, lessons in life that you've got to learn. And sometimes the worst negative situation that happens to you, the better the lesson and the, 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 the more you, you really take that lesson on board. So sometimes only something only happening a little bit drastically to you can teach you a part lesson or half the lesson and sometimes you need something else bad happening to you again to re- really uh, push home that lesson so actually sometimes really bad things happening to you can be the most important and the most memorable lessons in life so what you've got to do is learn how to deal with uh, negativity and with uh, bad situations if you can always try and look at the uh, the positive side of whatever the situation is what, look at what you've learned from the situation and look what you can do to avoid that sort of situation again, then you're actually going to be improving yourself as a human being, improving yourself as a person, improving yourself as uh, you know somebody who can, can be better and can be taught and can be educated. So that's the way I choose to look at uh, negative situations. I try and look at, okay, what's the lesson? What's the lesson here? What have I, what, what have I needed to understand? What am I going to be able to take away and av- avoid these sort of lessons and this sort of situation again because ultimately to me something bad happening is not the end of the world it's the lesson what is the end of the world is if you choose not to learn the lesson so it's your fault if you don't take anything from it so if something bad happens to you and you just sort of think okay that was terrible i'm gonna really be miserable for the rest of my life now and you haven't worked out what the lesson was you know from that something bad happening then you could end up another few years down the line, the same thing happening again, and then the same thing happening again, and the same thing happening again. Because you're not learning, you're ignorant to, to the fact that, you know, life is here, it's, it's full of ups and downs, and it's full of lessons, and you ain't prepared to learn. So ultimately, if you're not prepared to learn, you can't blame, you know, yourself or the world or anything for these things keep happening to you because you're not lo- you're not learning from it like you know so so my um my my tip would be is to take life's lessons learn from them build yourself build your character build your your strength build your mental attitude and actually uh turn that frown upside down and and, and get on with life like you know at the end of the day like like the old saying says if life gives you lemons make lemonade well you know there's lots of different types of lemonade you can do and there's lots of other things you can do with lemons and sometimes you know sometimes something really bad happens to you but it's on the way to something really really good happening to you so you know just stick in the journey keep going take your lesson move on don't do it again job done jobs are good done so many people allow negative situations and negative things to affect their life and to get into their head and to make them, you know, miserable or to put them off uh, target or off focus and stuff. When there's no need to do that. All you've got to do is just shrug your shoulders, think, OK, lesson learned, move on. And that's it, done. So uh, that's pretty much all i got to say on that subject, I think. So uh, thank you very much for listening and have a great day. I know I will. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast. Uh, this morning, I'm going to do another morning motivation. It's really going to be about, uh, you know, what you need to do um, to to achieve what it is you're looking to achieve. Um, you know, ultimately, if you're looking to try and achieve something in life, unless you're extremely, extremely original and innovative, there's probably someone who's already done it. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You haven't got to, you know, create a pathway to follow. There's somebody else out there who's already done it and, and, and you've got a pathway you can follow. So what I would suggest you to do is if you want to achieve your goals and your dreams, find out whoever's doing it in the world in the best position, you know, the number one person in the world at that at that thing you're trying to do and uh, study them. You know, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's not rocket science. If you, if you study that person who's already where you are and you really, really watch them, you, you sort of thoroughly observe what they're doing, where they're interacting how they're interacting what platforms they're using on social media you know what production or creativity they're doing that sort of thing if you actually really really assess them and analyze them eventually you're going to know everything that they're doing and and ultimately you'll be able to put a a roadmap or a blueprint in place to follow that uh, that that path that you know so, you know, a lot of people call that um, getting a mentor or, you know, finding a mentor, finding someone who's been there, done it, got the T-shirt, can help you get there as well. And there's lots of people who uh, offer mentoring services and you can be mentored to go and achieve um, whatever it is you want to achieve. Um, but you also can mentor yourself from afar. So you can, you know, just study that person or those people who are where you want to be. And you can, uh, you know, just by observing and watching, you can sort of turn yourself into or, 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 or copy imitate what they're doing in order to get where you want to get to. So um, so I think that's uh, that's something that's important in, in life. If you do want to go out and achieve what you want to do, achieve, it's important in life to follow and, and monitor and, and be inspired and, and get education from the people who are already doing what you do. So... Um, you know, there's lots of people out there who think I want to be this, I want to be that, I want to do this, I want to do that, and they just don't know how to go about doing it, or they think it's too big a, uh, a job for them to get to wherever they want to get to. But like I say, if someone else has already been there and done it and got the t-shirt, if someone else has already achieved what you wanted to achieve, then it's possible. And therefore, if it's possible, then doing it a similar way or the same way or, or, or a better way is going to um, help you to get there. So, you know, you've got to know that way in order to be able to follow it or be able to get there too. So uh, just make sure you're really, really intently learning and observing off the people you should be learning from. Don't learn off the people who haven't been there, done it, got the T-shirt, who, who don't know the way because you're going to end up down a different path on a, on a route to a different place. So, you know, ignore that and make sure, you know, you don't learn off people who are false prophets, if you like, people who tell you things, but they've never actually done them themselves. So they actually, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, so there's a lot of people, you can read a lot of stuff in a book and you can learn a lot of stuff about all sorts of subject matters. It doesn't mean that you're an expert. It doesn't mean that you know what you're doing. It just means that you've read some stuff and got someone else's point of view on something. In order to actually really know what you're doing and really be an expert in something, you have to take that applied knowledge 
and you need to put it into practice and you need to measure the results of that practice and see whether it's actually working or not and only then do you become a true expert so don't listen to those people who who, who have read the books but never done the done never never actually you know put the, the the theory into practice because they don't actually know whether the theory they're talking about and sharing actually works or not um, but you know if you study mentors who've been there done it got the t-shirt they know that what they're talking about will achieve the results they're saying it'll achieve because it's already done it in the past they're the people to learn from they're the people to observe they're the people to uh, to want to get you know um, into your life and want to learn and be inspired from so um you know ultimately you can go and achieve whatever it is you want to achieve you can do whatever it is you want to do you can do it hashtag you can do it hashtag you can do it podcast but you've got to go around it the right way you've got to do the right things you've got to make the right steps you've got to you know not listen to the wrong people you've got to um you know really 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 make sure that you're doing the best you can in order to achieve the thing that you want to achieve you know you're not going to achieve it just by you know dreaming it thinking you know i really want to do it and then doing nothing else you know so not only have you got to learn the right path and learn the right information but then you've actually got to do lots of of it lots of whatever it is the stepping stones to get into that ultimate goal or that ultimate ambition you've got to do that action or those actions consistently in and out like a crazy person every day because if you're being passionate about it there's going to be other people who are passionate about it. If, you, if it's a dream or a goal that you want probably other people got it too and if you ain't out performing them if you ain't out working them if you ain't out you know enthusiastic you know out being more enthusiastic than them if you're not outperforming them, then they're going to be the ones who get there quicker. They're going to be the ones who are sitting on top of the in the top spot on top of the world, and you're looking up at them, going, "Oh, it's another person I've got to try and overcome or whatever." Because they're outperforming you, they're outworking you, they, they they've outdesired you, they want it more than you do. So you know, ultimately, you're never going to be the best at whatever it is you want to be if other people are better than you. So you've got to outperform them, you've got to outwork them, you've got to outsmart them, you've got got to out innovate them you know you've got to be the, the person who's doing the, the the stuff making the noise that everybody else is looking up to rather than you're looking up to them they're looking up to you and going god i can't i just can't compete with this person it's just they're insane you know what i mean they just don't stop and that's the person you need to be to get to where you want to be if where you want to be is on top of the on top of the tree like you know if you're happy not being on top of the tree then there's other routes and there's other ways and perhaps i'm not the mentor for you because that's what i i'm always about trying to be the number one spot ultimately in my in my world i don't see any point in trying to be any other position than the number one spot because you know you're not at the top if you're not number one so you're second or you're third or you're last or whatever you're somewhere in between but ultimately i i always want to be the best at whatever it is that i do so you know at the moment i'm podcasting i want to be the best podcaster on the planet I'm also aiming to become a global speaker and if I become a global speaker I want to be the best global speaker on the planet in the area especially in the area that I talk about sales marketing entrepreneurialism personal growth positivity motivation all that sort of stuff 
but ultimately, I, I, I'd rather, I, you know, as well as being the best in that area, I'd just like to be the best on the planet because why would I aim for anything less? I just don't understand the psychology of that, you know. At the end of the day, you aim for the number one spot, you know, but you'd be appreciative and great, grateful of wherever you are at the time and, and wherever you are whilst you're working on getting to that number one spot, you know, because ultimately, you know, having reached the number one spot is all is not the only you know uh, goal in life you know yes it's a massive goal and yes you want to achieve it but also a major goal in life is just to be happy and to enjoy the journey enjoy whatever it is that you're heading you know at the end of the day so you, you can't just beat yourself up and you know if you're not in that number one spot all you can do is keep improving keep getting better and aim towards that number one spot but Enjoy yourself along the way at the end of the day. Life's a, a great life. It's full of great people. Lots of uh, great experiences to experience. Lots of great people to meet. Um, you know, at the end of the day, getting to whatever you want to get to is good and you want to do it. But actually just enjoying the journey, enjoying the, the trip, enjoying what you're learning along the way, enjoying the steps, enjoying mastering your, your, your craft and mastering your art. All of these things are enjoyable. And so don't just get consumed and obsessed with that number one spot. You know, yes, do everything you can to get there, but just enjoy life and enjoy the journey and you'll be a winner wherever you end up so uh, that's pretty much that subject covered I think um, it's an important one but uh, you know hopefully that will motivate you to go on and do whatever it is that you want to do go on and achieve whatever it is you want to achieve because you can do it I know you can do it you know you can do it you've just got to now learn off the best people and then go and take the massive actions to go and do it Have a great day. I know I will. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mike Armstrong podcast. Uh, This this evening, I'm just going to jump on quickly and talk about the uh, importance of sticking to whatever it is that you're trying to do, whatever it is that you're you're, you're trying to achieve. Uh, A lot of people um, quit or give in before they actually get to where they want to get to because they don't think they're achieving it or they don't think they're actually getting there. When a lot of the time, you know, it doesn't look like you're getting anywhere, but you can be getting somewhere. It's just, you know, you need to sometimes just do what you do best and just keep doing it for a long time and just keep learning and eventually you hit a tipping point where you know you, you become an ex, an expert or you become the master and then all of a sudden things open up for you then so a lot of people they, they, they do something for a while and they do it really really well and then because they don't think it's getting them anywhere they quit and they give up just just often before it's about to get them somewhere so they say it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at something but uh, you know obviously different things can actually take different amounts of time and uh, you know you don't start off in karate or judo or any other type you know taekwondo any other martial arts and become a master you have to learn all of the different parts of of the art first and once you learn how to perfect all of the art or all of the parts you pull it together and you become master and then you know then then you can teach other people so you know I, I see I see it too often people quit you know often just before they're actually about to, to, to make it like you know 
So um, the key is is to never quit, never give in on your goal or your dream. You know, keep working at it, keep improving, keep in the game. And eventually, you know, you will get the benefit of it. You know, eventually you hit a tipping point or some other masters resign or disappear and all of a sudden the pathway's clear for you to get into the light and, you know, get into the limelight and, and start to be the one that other people respect and, and appreciate and listen to. But you can't, can't get there by cheating. You know, you can't become a master by skipping a few levels and, and you know, pretending. Or, you know, there's a lot of people say, fake it till you make it. Well, don't fake it till you make it. Just be genuine about where you're at until you get to where you want to be, you know. But but if you're good halfway along the way, well, you can still be half a master rather than a full master. So you don't have to fake being a master. Just be a real half master and just let people know you're still working on being a master. So you're still improving, you're still getting better. So you don't need to fake it till you make it. You just need to be good at what you do. You know, and ultimately, if you're one step above other people, then you can make a, a living out of getting those other people to the next step where you are. And by getting those people to the next step, you'll get to another step and another step anyway. So you don't need to be five steps ahead of anyone to actually help them. You only need to be one step ahead of them. So ultimately, if you're one step ahead of anyone in what whatever it is that you're mastering, whatever it is that you do, you do well, well, then you can teach other people how to get up a step. And so there's a big market there for you to be able to help people. So, you know, you don't need to be a master to make a living in, you know, doing whatever it is that you do, your skill, your hobby, your pastime, your goal, your dreams, your, your services, whatever. You don't have to be a master. You just need to be one step ahead of other people who want to get to that next step and you need to help them get there. And you can charge for that as a service or you can teach people or train people or you can just help them get to that level and help yourself get to the next level by doing so in the process. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, what goes wrong comes around and they'll sort you out again in the future. So uh, it's always good to help people get up a, a level. If you're one step ahead of them in whatever, you know, then um, help them get to your level. And, and often by doing that, you'll learn a lot along the way by helping them and you'll move up a level yourself anyway. That's pretty much uh, all I wanted to say on that subject, really. So if you're going for your goals and your dreams and you're not quite getting anywhere, don't get frustrated. Get learning. Follow the masters. Follow the people who are already there. Don't give in. Don't quit. You'll get there in the end. Hashtag you can do it. Hashtag you can do it podcast. Don't quit. Never give in. Keep learning. And eventually you will get there. So uh, that's pretty much uh, all I need to say on that subject, really. Nothing else left to say other than have a great day. I know I will. Thank you very much. Cheers. Good night. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Mike Armstrong podcast and the Mike Armstrong uh, YouTube channel. I'm um, just going to have a little chat. I recently just recorded a, a, another episode where I talked about how I lost a stone and a half during the lockdown period. 
And that led me um, to also think about uh, something else I'd done uh, fairly recently, which was a, a good, strong um, uh, sort of mentality, really, a good uh, mental attitude, which I thought I'd talk about as well. So about four or five years ago, I did the Cardiff Half Marathon, and I went from not being able to run at all, so from couch, uh, to the Half Marathon, 13.6 miles, um, in... Uh, about six months worth of training so within about six months of training but I just wanted to have a chat really about um, how I did that so I think um, the last uh, how I lost a stone and a half um, which is just sticking to a routine and being you know uh, mentally strong around it and how I did the kind of half marathon from couch to, to, to half marathon within uh, six six months of training um, I think both of those, first of all, go down to, I think, completing any goal, making something big happen, going from, you know, nothing to, to, to something big in a short period of time requires mental strength and mental attitude and uh, focus, really. So um, I'm just going to give a couple of tips on, on, on that first before I, I went into how I actually managed to do the run. I've obviously done how, how I managed to do the stone and a half weight loss. But, um, yeah, the mental sort of uh, attitude, the mental strength. But I think um, it's good to have strong mental strength. And I think it's important um, to not, you know, take the easy route sometimes in life and, and take the, the, the harder route to, you know, not um, just buy things, you know, when you want them uh, on the credit cards and that sort of thing, but to save up and, and, and wait for them and appreciate them more and enjoy them more. You know, so you can work on your, uh, your mental strength. Uh, you can work on, you know, not taking the easy route and, and doing the hard uh, route. For example, you know, going up three or four or five flights of stairs, flights of stairs rather than taking the lift. And there's all sorts of things you could do. You know, when I was in, in work, for example, I was in employment. I used to get there a little bit before everyone else, stay on a bit later. This all teaches you how to be stronger willed and, and, and better prepared than the average person it gives you a, a stronger mental attitude and um, what I did when I did the Cardiff Half Marathon is I knew I wanted to get fit and I knew if I left it down to my own devices I wouldn't necessarily implement the training re regime and, and whatever needed in order to do a, a half marathon so what I did is I committed to do the half marathon for age concern for um, a charity because I know once I commit once I commit to somebody else then I've got to see it through and so you know it's, it's about understanding yourself and understanding sometimes what motivation you need or what you know um, psychological um, pressure or peer pressure or whatever whatever it is that you need to actually implement and do the thing that you want to do, um, you know, you've got to know yourself and know, you know, how to apply that pressure. So not only committing to a charity means that, you know, I had to exercise three, four times a week when, you know, at the time I probably wouldn't have been able to find that time to do it if I didn't put that pressure on there. And so that's the, 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 the important thing about uh, sometimes telling people. It's not just, you know, a goal or a dream or an ambition. It's just a goal. It's just a dream. It's just a wish. It's just, uh, you know, something you'd like to do if you don't commit to it. But if you stick it down on paper or on YouTube or in a podcast or you tell people about it, then that applies... Uh, added pressure, peer pressure, and you're actually committing to it. And you know, if you don't do it, then you got witnesses who are going to know that. Whereas, 
if you haven't actually told anyone about it, you haven't committed to it, then if you don't do it, um, it doesn't really matter. Nobody knows about it. There's no effect. And so you don't have that positive reinforcement and that positive pressure. So um, so that, that would be my strategy, is if you want to really, really do something and achieve something and make something happen, commit to it. Tell people about it. Tell positive people about it, because negative people will put you off, but positive people will encourage you. So be careful who you tell about it, but commit it to people who are going to encourage you, who will understand that you know you can have a goal, a dream, and an ambition, and you, you can make it come true, because if they're positive people, they also have goals, dreams, and ambitions, which they are also working on coming true. So get yourself um, committed. Put yourself under some pressure. And then do whatever it is that you need to do to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. So, you know, for me, when I did the Cardiff Half Marathon, I went from couch from zero to running a a half marathon and I did six months of training. But in order to do, um, commit myself the training wise, I actually also signed up to do a, a charity bike ride. Uh, from Brecon to Cardiff Bay. So actually, the first three months of my training was riding a bike training, not running training, but it was getting me fit and it was losing me weight, etc. I did three months of riding the bike training, getting out three or four times a week and, 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 uh, you know, doing, uh, riding the bike and getting fitter and um, learning how to get up hills and stuff because I knew I was going to be riding from Brecon to the, the bay and there's a massive hill in Brecon and one in Merthyr which you've got to get over before you can uh, you know sort of more coast downhill towards Cardiff and, 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 and the bay so I did lots of hill training I did the, the stuff that I knew I needed to do I needed to get those miles in my leg I needed to get those hills in my leg uh, in my legs and then on the day of uh, the, the bike ride I managed to do it pretty comfortably with just three months training three or four times a week um, I did it pretty comfortably with people who ride uh, a lot consistently and, and regularly and, and often and I actually come in uh, the, the early part of it so you know that's because I'm um, competitive it's because I'm determined uh, luckily as well riding a bike's all about the leg work and I've got massive legs you know I used to play rugby so you know having uh, a good mental attitude having strong legs and, and whatever that helped me to get you know the bike ride done and then as soon as I'd done the bike ride I stopped riding the bike so after that three months of training I started running for, for, for three months because I knew at the end of the day running is a different use of mu- muscles and a different uh, form of exercise than riding a bike so although I was fitter I was using different parts of my legs and whatever um, than I would be to, to run a marathon so I stopped riding the bike then and I started running when I first ran I couldn't run I didn't have the uh, aerobic ability to keep myself running but what I did is I ran for as far as I could I stopped I walked until I got my breath back and I ran as far as I could again and then every time I run I tried to beat the distance that I did previously and it doesn't take long before you actually build up uh, uh, an ability to you know to run um, and to run for a long period of time so you know I went from running you know, one lap of the, the, the wreck. I was living by Rove Park at the time. I was running one lap of the wreck, uh, you know, within, you know, a couple of days. Uh, before that, I was just running intervals around the wreck. And then I started running around the wreck and the, uh, and the other park uh, across the road from the wreck. And then I started running around the wreck, the other park and Rove Park. And I started running around the wreck, the, uh, the, the bit attached to the wreck, Rove Park and a bit attached to Rove Park 
and then I started running around all of those parks and the park before it on the other side of Pennyland and then I started running around all those parks and then up Rue de Pennine Road and around Kinkoid Road and wherever and all you've got to do is just keep going a little bit further a little bit faster a little bit more than you did the previously so if you're progressive anyway as a person which I am then all you've got to do is just you haven't got to learn how to run a marathon you've just got to learn how to run a little bit more than you did last time and then you run a little bit more than you did the time before and then you run a little bit more than you did the time before and the body will get used to that and you actually are really helping yourself to push yourself to your limits and really you know operating at the the, the maximum level that you can operate and you've got to have a strong mental, mental attitude for that as well but if you keep improving you know you only need to start running three four times a week like I was and in no time I was going up to running you know eight nine ten miles at a time now, if I'd have done three more months of running, I'd have done the Cardiff Half Marathon, no problem. I actually got to 10 miles and I was comfortable. I was no problem. The last three miles nearly killed me, but that's a different matter. I didn't quite have the miles in my legs that I needed. Um, so, you know, my only mission to do the Cardiff Half Marathon was to not stop running. So I didn't have a time in mind. I just wanted to not stop running and I didn't stop running. I ended up doing about two hours and 45 minutes. Um, but I did injure a few bits of me, you know, um, in the last three, two, two, three miles, like, you know, um, but I managed to get it done. And that's the point really, is that you can get whatever you want to get done, no matter where you're starting off from, and no matter what the, the, the goal is, if you actually break it down into, you know, smaller pieces, if you actually commit with positive pressure and, you know, but letting people know that, that you know that you're doing it and recording videos and just putting pressure on yourself or signing up for a charity or whatever's gonna do you know gonna help you to, to, to keep committed and keep focused and if you keep improving you know it doesn't take long before you're actually all of a sudden getting towards the goal the dream the ambition whatever it is you're trying to achieve so I just wanted to uh, to share that with uh, with people really give them a little bit of a, a background to um, you know the the mindset behind achievement and behind getting things done because I did share recently um, uh, another video and another podcast where I talked about how I lost a stone and a half in you know probably two and a half three months in, in during lockdown but I didn't cover the mental attitude part of it and the, the mental attitude and the mental toughness part of it is the most important bit and obviously I've covered that in this video and also went on to explain how I run a, a Cardiff half marathon the actual getting the goal getting the dream getting the ambition done you know it's just a, a case of like I say breaking everything down into smaller pieces and just working your way through that so you can get anything done you can get anything you want to get done achieved if you really want it if you want it bad enough and you want it enough and you're willing to work as hard as possible to get it done then you can get it done but it's all down to uh, how much you want it as uh, les brown would say you gotta be hungry it's so all how hungry how hungry are you how much do you want it are you going to do anything you can to make it happen so uh, that's pretty much it from me really uh, nothing else left for me to say now other than just to uh, have a great day because I know I will and uh, thank you very much for listening cheers, thanks, bye bye
Hello everyone, uh, welcome to the Mike Armstrong podcast show. I'm just going to um, put you on uh, to a live call um, from Brian Tracy, who's uh, talking about uh, business and pivoting during uh, uh, tough times, including you know, the lockdown period and that sort of thing, and uh, how, how learning new things and learning new ideas is uh, key to success. So I'm just going to put you on to Brian now. Make is they go into a social and business situation thinking me, 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 and it's not me, 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 <laughs> it's you, 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 and you always look say, What can I do to help this person? And there's a rule that I learned from a spiritual teacher many years ago, and he, he called it the law of cause and effect. And basically, what he said is that is that there is a law in the universe that says that whatever you put in, you'll get back. If you could tr- make a, a valuable contribution to other people, it'll come back to you. And the only part of the equation that you can control is what you put in. Um, so therefore, don't worry about it coming back. It will come back to you as a matter of law, just like gravity or just like uh, anything else. Don't have to worry about how it comes back. It will come back to you automatically. You can only control the putting in, the getting out. Uh, is, is is automatic. So anyway, let us begin. I uh, a couple of months ago, when we started to have this coronavirus lockdown, I'm in California. We have 40 million people basically staying at home here, and um, people ask me, "What can we do to deal with the crisis?" Well, as it happened, I have been working in crisis management for many years, actually several decades, and I actually wrote a book on it. And I've written 86 books, by the way, and I made a decision some years ago to write four books a year. I published four books a year, and I got it up to five and six and actually seven. Anyway, I had to think creatively, what will be my next subject? And then I realized that business people were always asking, what do you do when when the you-know-what hits the fan? And so I wrote a book called um, uh, Crunch Time, uh, 21 Things to Do When You Know What Hits the Fan. And my publishers took the title and changed it to Crunch Point, 21 Secrets to Succeeding When It Matters Most. And so I am one of the foremost authorities in the world on crisis management. And just something everybody's asking me, can you speak on crisis management? So let me just give you what I consider to be the most important things that I've learned. Uh, Peter Drucker once said that the one thing that is inevitable in the life of the leader is the crisis, is that uh, if you are a leader, uh, a business person, you will have a crisis every two to three months. And you'll have little crisis, medium-sized crisis, and big crisis. But each of these crises, if you do not manage it properly, can kill you, can sink your business. And so therefore, one of the things you realize is that crises are what you do. So you don't get upset or angry or anything else when you have a crisis. Is you take in a deep breath, you breathe out. I do crises. I'm a leader. I'm a manager. I run my own life. I'm not a victim of circumstances. I do crises. So it's a crisis. All right? And I'll show you how to handle this in a, in a second. Well, the second thing that Drucker said was that the true test of leadership is the crisis. Is that anybody can do well. Uh, when everything's going smoothly. Anybody can be positive and happy and everything else. It's when the you know what hits the fan, that's the test, that's the testing time. That's where we see what you're really made of. So therefore, uh, here are some of the things that, that, that I've learned. It's a question I used to ask when I would start a management seminar. I would say, what is the uh, highest paid and most valuable work that you do? 
and people would hesitate because it's obviously a trick question. And I'd say, well, the answer is thinking. Thinking is the most valuable and the highest paid work that you do. Uh, and why is that? Well, it's because of a word called consequences. And consequences uh, is the most important part of what you do. Everything you do has a consequence. And uh, when you uh, thinking precedes your your ability to make a decision. So if you think clearly, you make better decisions. If you make better decisions. You take better actions. If you take better actions, you get better results. You have better consequences. So therefore, and I teach this in time management. I'm even thinking now that I'm uh, past several books. I'm thinking of writing a new book. I just call it consequences. Because people say, what's the key to being successful? It's get better and more valuable consequences for other people. Is do things that really have an impact. And the reason why people fail and underachieve is they spend most of the time doing things that have low or no consequences. I mean, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. It's not significant. Whereas the reason that people succeed is because they they carefully think through and strategize and do those things that have the biggest payoff. So I've taught time management. You know, I'm I'm the best-selling time management author in the world. I just learned from my publisher um, last week. He told me that my book on time management, Eat That Frog, has just uh, hit 2.5 million uh, sales in English, and probably several million more in uh, other languages. He said in 50 languages, 2.5 million copies in 50 languages, which is a uh, Which is nice to hear, you know. If you, I read the book. I read it. Oh, have you? Well, yeah. Well, thank you. And so, so, so thinking is the most important thing you do because of the consequences. Now, I wrote a book. It came to me as an idea. There's a book, and I need four books a year. And so I came up with a book, and I had several titles. I finally came up with Get Smart, and I had identified over the years ten different ways of thinking. Where top people think this way, and average or mediocre people think this way. So here are the ten ways. Now, I'll only give you three. Uh, I'm not trying to sell books, but we have lots of things to talk about. The first way of thinking, most important of all, is fast thinking versus slow thinking. And the man who came up with this title, book title, um, man named Daniel Kahneman, won a Nobel Prize for it. He's a leading economist, and he came up with this idea, and it was it's one of those. Mind blowers," he said. Basically, in life, he said, "There's two types of thinking: fast and slow." He said that most people use slow thinking or fast thinking all the time, and fast thinking is what you use when you're going through traffic. Imagine that you're, you're turning quickly. You're not meditating at each corner、uh, and at each light. You're just moving quickly. Well, going through life, most people use fast thinking for everything, whereas the other type of thinking is slow thinking. And slow thinking is where you gear back, slow down, take a deep breath, and just give yourself some time to think it over before you make a decision. Now, this is what this is what got him a Nobel Prize. He said the biggest problem in life is people use fast thinking when they should be using slow thinking. And what is the most important determinant? The consequences. In whenever you're thinking about something that has big potential consequences. This is something you need to slow down. Well, many years ago, I 
built a shopping center. Right? Long story, but I, I built a shopping center. I ran out of money, and I went to a large company, and I made a proposal to them that I would give them 75% of the shopping center if they would put up the money. And I had done all of my homework. I read all the books. Uh, it was just sort of a, a miracle. But they had their top lawyers and accountants and everything go through all of my proposal, and they say it was perfect. They said you covered every single detail. Yes, we will. And they uh, put up the money for the shopping center, several million dollars. And the owner of this company and I sort of chatted a bit, and he liked me. Uh, and he said. After the shopping center was opened, and I opened it fully leased on schedule, he said, "How would you like to come and work for me as my sort of assistant?" Well, I was about 33 at the time, and this was like an honor. What an honor! I mean, to have the most prestigious businessman. He was worth more than 800 million dollars, and he owned 200 companies, and he was one of the most respected business people in Canada, where I was living uh, at that time, and.、Um, I, he said, "You think it over. Think it over. What kind of terms and conditions? How much you would would charge me, and so on." And I did, and we did, and I went to work for him. And he used me as a, sort of a sounding board, as an assistant. And he kept giving me tasks, little tasks to start off with. And I recognized, in retrospect, that that's how he kind of expanded my capability. And then I would meet with him sometimes every night after everybody had gone home. I'd be the only one there except for him. And he'd call me in my office, and he said, "Why don't you come down?" And I would go down, and we would just talk. I'll never forget that. One of the most incredible experiences of my life. And I had a chance just to learn from him. And he would just talk about business deals, and he did multi-hundred million dollar business deals, and he never made a mistake, and he never lost money. I mean, he, and he was respected for his integrity, almost like a saint. He was so highly respected. Anyway, here's my point. Is that we would talk about projects, and I would come with、um, my progress report, and I'd say, "Well, I think we should do this, and I think we should do that." And this man had a, what do they call a、um, uh, steel trap memory? Is he, you could tell him something, and six months later he quoted back to you perfectly. He never forgot anything, but he did things that average people don't do. He always made notes. He wrote everything down. So one of the things that I teach all the time is. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. If you don't have written goals, people with written goals, by the way, only three percent of adults have written goals, and those three percent own everything. Everybody works for them. They make more money. They make on average at least ten times as much as people without written goals. Most people, unfortunately, eighty twenty rule. Eighty percent have no goals anyway. But of the other, about the re- re- remaining, only three percent write down their goals. If you write down your goals, and I say take a spiral notebook, I've got one here. I was doing a seminar recently, and I、uh, I pulled I pulled this out with one of my clients who came to my seminar a few years ago, and now is very wealthy. And I said, you just get get a spiral notebook and write down ten goals every single day without looking at your previous ten goals. And he pulled his out, and he said, I do it. He's a, a top businessman in Singapore. He said, here's mine. He said, it made me a millionaire. That was some great advice from、uh, top entrepreneur and global speaker Brian Tracy.、Uh, that's enough、uh, from me.、Uh, nothing else left to say now, other than have a great day. I know I will. And thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye bye.
Some more great advice from Brian Tracy on its way on the Mike Armstrong podcast show. Why do you rob banks? He said, are you kidding, man? That's where the money is. <laughs> and that's, that's a very common joke in the U.S. Willie Sutton, the bank robber, are you kidding? That's where the money is. Well, uh, long-term planning is that's where the money is. And so what you do is you say, all right, and you come back to the present and you start to project forward one year, two years, five years, ten years, and you write it down, and you think, if this is where I want to be, and this is where I am, then what steps do I need to take starting today to get to this point? And uh, after I listened to this, this lecture, I decided, well, I'm going to get into strategic planning. So I went out and I bought books. I found that you, if you read the right books, you can learn anything that you need. So I began to read books on strategic planning, and I fell in love with it. And I had done a management seminar for a multi-billion dollar company uh, a few months before and I got a call from the number two person in that company the executive vice president I still remember him his name was Frank he called me up and he said you know we really like your work and I was we were wondering what um, what else could you do for us and I said well I do strategic planning having never done it before I said well, I do strategic planning he said well that's interesting because we haven't done a strategic planning program for several years. Let me talk to the president and see if um, we'd be open to that. And the answer was yes, they were. So they brought me in to do a strategic planning program. I had 22 of the top executives from all across the country, massive company. And I read everything I could. I had about two months to prepare. And I created workbooks and pre-work and post-work. And then I took them through the process. And they said afterwards, it was the very best strategic planning program the company had ever had. Best three days they'd ever spent. I took them away to a resort because in the book it said, take the executives away to a place where they can't be disturbed and then keep them there and then and go and have pre-work and, and so on. That led to a, a career of strategic planning. And for years and years, including even recently, I've done strategic planning for multi-billion dollar companies all over the world in multiple languages with translation. But it started from making the decision to do strategic planning. And what I learned in strategic planning is think long term. This is the critical difference between superior people and average people. Is superior people think long term. They think if they do this today, what is likely to happen? And then is what is likely to happen? And then what is likely to happen? And, um, and you need to do the same thing. Because average people just make decisions quickly without any consideration of the long term. The third way of thinking in a crisis that is most important is informed thinking versus uninformed thinking. And I cannot tell you how important this is. When the big boss would call me in, he said, we have this project or we have millions of dollars tied up in this and I want you to go and take a look at it and tell me what we should do. And almost always it was real estate, but but sometimes it was banking, trust companies, it was um, uh, real estate condominium complexes, restaurants, uh, a bank, uh, an office building, things like that. And he said, just go and take a look at it and bring me back some information and uh, tell me what you think. And so I would go out and I would just gather information. And something I learned from Drucker is that if you gather enough information about any subject, the right thing to do kind of emerges. It's sort of like cream rising to the top is the right decisions just kind of emerge if you take the time to gather enough information. 
So the worst thing you can do is act precipitously, act quickly, is to uh, have a problem or um, a setback or a difficulty or just an idea and then take action without doing your homework. So those three ways of thinking, number one, think slowly when the consequences are serious. And number two is um, uh, is, is to uh, think long term rather than short term, project forward several years, and then learn everything you need to learn. Be sure that if there's anybody in the room who knows the most about this subject, it's you. And I have had so many experiences where I have invested hours and hours and hours studying a situation before going into a meeting, and none of the others had done the homework. And I had this incredible advantage. So those are the those are the starting points. Some more fantastic advice from uh, Brian Tracy there, uh, all on the Entropy's uh, Masterclass event that's on this evening. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, I'm Mike Armstrong, and this is the Mike Armstrong Podcast Show. Nothing else left to say other than have a great day. I know I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mike Armstrong Podcast Show or the Mike Armstrong YouTube channel, wherever you're tuning in to me today from. I'm just going to have a chat today about uh, persistence, about uh, basically not giving in, about uh, desire and, and, and damn right dogged determinedness. No matter what it is in life you're trying to achieve, basically you're going to come across failures, you're going to come across hurdles and obstacles in your way. But there's one thing that can always beat failure and that is persistence. If you persist, if you never give in, if you're determined to not stop until you get to where you want to get to, then it doesn't matter how much failure you have, persistence will always win. So this is a a motivational chat, really, just to basically say that whatever it is that you want to achieve in life, whatever goals you have, whatever ambition you have, however big that ambition is, it doesn't really matter what hurdles and obstacles appear in your way what things you know you get in your way that 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 you think might be preventing you from getting and achieving your goals or stopping you you know heading towards them in the first place all of these trials and tribulations and failures they cannot win if you have persistence and if you are determined to get to whatever you want to get to so You have to give yourself a positive mental attitude and approach to life that says, whatever it is that gets in my way, I'm going to knock it out of the way and I'm going to carry on and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going until I get to my destination, whatever that destination is. And if you set yourself a big goal and a big dream and a big ambition, then the destination may be a long way away. You might have to develop into the person that's capable of reaching or or, or obtaining that goal. But if you keep persisting, if you don't give up and you keep learning and developing and growing, then you can turn into that person and you can achieve what it is you want to achieve. So no matter what failures you have in life, no matter what troubles you have, no matter what things get in your way, you can always beat it and always win through persistence. So that's what I wanted to talk about, uh, really. So um, that's pretty much all I've got to say on that subject. So uh, thanks a lot for listening. And nothing else left for me to say other than have a great day. I know I will. All the best. Cheers. Bye-bye.
Welcome to the Mike Armstrong Podcast Show. This morning I'm joined by Paralympic athlete, gold medal winner and uh, uh, um, uh, top entrepreneur speaker, Mark um, Colburn. How are you doing this uh, morning, Mark? You okay? Yes, good morning, Mike. Good morning. Yes, uh, sorry, uh, it's early one this morning, so a bit tongue-tied at the, <laughs> this morning. But um, you're a, um, a top uh, speaker, which is uh, the reason I wanted to get you on my podcast, because I'm uh, looking to become a speaker myself. Um, so I'd like to ask you some questions about that. But before we do, obviously, um, you, you got into speaking because you're a Paralympic athlete and you, you won a gold medal, etc. Tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you got to, to achieve that. Yes, very much so. I think first and foremost, I just wanted to say thank you. You know, I start every presentation, um, every podcast, every interview with gratitude just to say thank you, you know, for reaching out. Uh, thank you for inviting me. And obviously, uh, yes, you know, it's a wonderful Monday morning here in South Wales. So um, so hi to everybody listening to this podcast at a later date. And obviously, hi to everybody on Mike's YouTube channel watching this video as well. So, yes, born and bred in South Wales. Um always a big lover of sport Mike you know all my life as a child you know into my teenage years playing probably every sport under the sun to be honest with you um loved it loved the feeling of movement um loved the feeling of being you know strong healthy fit active um you know and I suppose it kept me out of trouble <laughs> if I'm honest um but that then led me to you know my adult life I started working then you know near Cardiff and loved work you know i always had this athlete mindset even in work and, what was you doing uh, what was you doing for work so i was a senior accounts manager you know looking after lots of accounts all around you know all around wales really um made the move from retail management you know into senior management in sales and, and loved it you know and then you know if we take the audience back to the 2nd of may 2009 uh, i was a paragliding pilot I was a keen triathlete, you know, I was a keen rock climber, just enjoying all of the crazy extreme sports, I guess, you know, that, uh, that obviously I, I loved back then. And then on the 2nd of May 2009, I was flying above the Gower Peninsula in South Wales, just above Swansea. And uh, that afternoon, you know, there were 20, let me think, there were 21 paragliding pilots, you know, just enjoying the amazing weather that we had that afternoon. And at about quarter past five, I was flying above the top ridge, uh, above you know the, the beach that is known as Rossilli Beach, and my canopy collapsed. I was about 40 feet above the ground, just a complete freak of nature. Uh, maybe in the wrong place at the wrong time, I don't know, but my, uh, my canopy collapsed, and I came down from, as I said, about 40 feet, landed on my feet, and uh, unfortunately, you know, broke my back in the impact. So you can imagine... You know, I was 40 years of age, and being airlifted to Morrison Hospital that night, um, you know, having my parents turn up, you know, later that evening to be told after my MRI scan and my X-ray that, you know, I'd broken my back. I'd broken T12, which is, you know, the thoracic uh, vertebrae, um, you know, near sort of belly button level, and uh, and the vertebrae just split. So it's known as a thoracic fracture. So. So you can imagine that was pretty traumatic, you know, in itself. Um, but it was just the end of one life, and I guess the beginning of a new life, you know. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, a lot of people, um, when they have um, situations like that, you know, you have a choice. You know, uh, either you can sort of wallow in pity forever and and go down a, a sort of unhappy path, 
or you can sometimes use that uh, situation as a motivation to go on and do something else in your life. You know, lots of people overcome adversity to, to then go on and achieve great things. So tell us a little bit about what, what choice you made. Yes, very much so. I think lying in that hospital bed, you know, 94 days, lying on my back, having had six titanium pins inserted into my spine to stabilize my spine, I genuinely thought it was the end. You know, we all go through, you know, apprehension, fear, doubt, uncertainty in our life every day. But when you're faced with that kind of adversity, yeah, it was tough, you know, and I went through some really dark times, you know, um, suicide thoughts, um, just wanted to end my life, just wanted to stop the situation I was in, you know. But thankfully, my late dad, um, who was known as Mr. Nice Guy, who was a gentleman, you know, through and through, but um, a very wise man very wise and he, he actually caught hold of me one night and in my hospital bed and this is quite funny for the listeners um you know listening to this podcast i'm watching the the video on youtube my dad caught hold of me one night literally by the scruff of the neck and he said to me you listen here now you pull yourself together you get through this you stop you know you stop upsetting your mum. you stop upsetting me because you're a winner okay are you listening? <laughs> so it, it scared me, you know, it really scared me, but it, it changed my mindset. Yeah. And um, and that, that's obviously what allowed me then to leave hospital after six months, you know, using crutches, walking aids to learn to walk again because I've got lower leg paralysis from the accident. But thankfully, you know, three months after leaving hospital, I found that I could actually cycle. Now, I've cycled since I was about five or six, Mike, so riding a bike was easy albeit with a disability, because my feet don't work, my calves don't work, my hamstrings don't fire, my glutes don't fire, my bum muscles, but what do work, you know, is, is my quads and my hip flexors, which basically means I can push and pull when I'm clipped into the pedals, you know, and, and it's just a, it was just a lifeline for me, you yeah. know, a complete lifeline, so I'll never forget uh, raising money for the Wales Air Ambulance one year after my accident, and um, you know, meeting a gentleman on this charity bike ride who I'd never met before. And this guy said to me, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, of course. And this is on the, the let me think, I think it was the, um, the 10th of June, 2010. And this gentleman who I'd never met before said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, of course. He said, what's wrong with your legs? I said, well, I broke my back 12 months ago in a paragliding crash and I've got lower leg paralysis. I walked by Charlie Chaplin, which is fine. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. And after about 20 minutes of just talking about my disability, talking about the accident, um, talking about, you know, my engine, I've got a huge engine, big lungs, you know, and obviously strong legs. So after a 20-minute conversation, he said to me, can I ask you one last question? I said, yeah, of course. He said, are you, um, are you training for the London 2012 Paralympic Games? I said, no. <laughs> why the hell would I be doing that you know I'm, I'm literally you know I'm 40 years of age and uh, he said I think you should that was it the light bulb moment went off Mike and I thought to myself oh my gosh I've been waiting all my life for this opportunity because I, I always wanted to be a professional athlete yeah. you know I always wanted to be Daley Thompson Linford Christie you know Seb Coe I, I wanted to be one of those athletes you know in the Olympics yeah and I guess Daley Thompson was my inspiration as a young lad you know um so I gave this guy a hug I said thank you thank you for planting the seed I really appreciate it and I said can I ask you a question he said yes 
I said, what's your name? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. And he said, <laughs> he said, um, my, my name is Dr. Ben Matthews. I'm a chiropractor. I understand what's going on in your body, you know? So, so that, that was literally the turning point, Mike, you know, that, that, that was, was a really point. sliding doors moment. Sliding doors, hundred percent. And, um, and I went home that week, you know, we raised 20 odd thousand pounds for the Wales Air Ambulance. We cycled all around Wales in a week and it was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. And I went home on a Saturday and, uh, obviously I was living back with my parents, having broke my back, you know, and, um, and I, I spoke to my mother, and my mother said, did you have a nice time? He said, oh, man, it was amazing. I met all these famous people, you know, ex-Lex, Welsh rugby legends, British Lions, you know. And, uh, and I said, have a guess what I'm going to do next week, man. Uh, what's that, Mark? <laughs> I said, I'm going to start training for the Paralympic Games. Nice. Oh, um, good luck, she said. What would you like for tea? <laughs> <laughs> So Typical Welsh mum, <laughs> not overall, just just looking after you, cooking your food. <laughs> yeah, just went over the head and my dad came into the kitchen. He said, um, are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, fine. Did you have a nice time? Yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. And he said, what's this um, Paralympic thing you're on about? I said, well, two years' time is London 2012. You know, and you taught me all my life that if I have a dream, never give up, you know, until your eyes close because of this reason. When I was about 10, Mike, I don't mind sharing this. When I was about 10, my dad said these words to me because I, was, I wasn't I was a crazy child, but I just had lots of energy. Uh, yeah, same as and, me, same um, as me. I was doing and, exactly the same. Yeah, and, and my dad said to me, you know, when I was about 10, um, he said, just remember, young man, that one day in the future, tomorrow will be your last day. I was like, oh my gosh, does that mean we don't live forever? And he was like, no. This life is short, it's precious, it's a gift, okay, it's a gift, don't throw it away. And those, those, those words stayed with me all my life. He sounds so like I a very wise man. man. He, he, was, he was wonderful, Mike, he really was. And, and, and I said to him on that Saturday, I've got to do this. He said, Mark, come on, come on. He said, look, you broke your back, okay, you're 40 years of age, just go back to work. Just go back to work. Your job's there for you. You know, your company car's there for you. Rah, rah, rah. I said, Dad, I'm going to have to apologise. I've got to do this. With or without you, I'm going to do it. And you're either going to see me in London, you know, flying the flag for Great Britain, or you're going to see me dead on the side for trying. And don't bet against me, because I'm serious. And he turns, <laughs> he, he, he turns around to my mother, and he says, Margaret! I've heard of this boy, I think he's lost it. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So, yeah. And so, two years of training, and you, and you turn up at uh, London uh, 2012, uh, I guess, um, with, with a chance. Well, I think the, um, you know, the, the two year journey, um, the first year with, um, with the opportunity of British Cycling, because think about this, Mike British Cycling don't um, just pick you know, gold medal winners or potential winners. But what they pick is people with what I would regard as a glimpse of brilliance. They have something. Sometimes they don't even know they have it, you know? And and, and I guess I had it. And British Cycling, when they took a look at me and they said to my, my first coach, a wonderful gentleman called Neil Smith from Disability Sport Wales. And Neil is one of my best friends. He's been a mentor for, for 10 years now, you know? And he's there for me. 
you know, every day. And Neil said to me, look, just just keep doing the work, keep doing the training, put up with compromise, give up chocolate, give up alcohol, you know, give up all this stuff. You know, I signed on job seekers allowance. So I went from a really good job, high salary, company car, rah, 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 to signing on job seekers allowance. Tough, because that tough, tough change. Me, that then allowed me to train full time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, but it's t- tough to deal with that, isn't it? That's a big drop in lifestyle and circumstance. So, so what, what they seen in you was mindset. You know, they seen that you had the will to do it. I think, from the well, sounds of it, there's, there's, yeah. There's four pillars. Okay, very important for the the audience here. There's four pillars to success, in my opinion. Okay, so when Neil got me into British cycling, because it was thanks to Neil Smith. Okay, Neil Smith is a facilitator who who trains athletes and. He had trained previous um, world champions, Paralympic champions, British champions, okay? This guy is a facilitator. He's an incredible wealth of knowledge, and he gives up so much of his time. You know, he he really does. So so Neil then spoke to British Cycling. They took a look at me. They said, okay, you know, let's, let's take a look at this guy. Okay, at the time I was 41, you know, and I'd lost a lot of weight. You know, I got really fit, really strong, albeit with a disability, you know. And this is quite a funny part of the story. Um, the head coach of British Cycling, the, the paracycling team at the time, said to Neil Smith, you know, who's this guy? Where, where does he come from? You know, we've never seen him before. And, the, <laughs> and Neil's answer was, well, he's fell out of the sky. <laughs> Great answer. You know? Yeah, so, so they, they gave me an opportunity over 2011 to race in five races, and, uh, and I came back with five medals, you know. So then I got elevated um, up to Manchester to be part of the world-class cycling program, and, um, and obviously that's the jersey that you see behind me. Sorry for the people listening to the podcast, but you may need to go to the YouTube channel to, uh, to see the jersey that's on the wall, you know. And... And I took a silver in the in the, the road worlds in Denmark in the ten mile time trial. So British cycling were now thinking, hang on, we're twelve months from the Paralympics now. And this guy who was like, you know, just turned up and I was forty one, you know, literally when I turned up then in the September, October. Um, and then I was very privileged to be selected for the World Track Championships, which was February two thousand and twelve which was unfortunately the same week that we lost my dad to stomach cancer. Oh. So that, that in itself, Mike, was no, traumatic. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was horrible, horrible to be in Los Angeles, 12,000 miles from home. And, and my dad had stomach cancer for about nine months, you know. Um, and to see, I, I suppose, to see my, my best friend, my go-to guy, your mentor, your mentor from the sound of it, you know, great, great inspiration for for your life, really, from the sounds of it, great man. Yeah, just to mm. just to see him pass away was sad, you know, and and in one respect, you know, um, I wish I was there, but in another reflection, maybe, yeah, maybe not, maybe, 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 maybe good not. not to be sometimes, yeah. like you know, that was what it was like with my nan at the end when 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 my nan went recently. Uh, I wish I probably wasn't there, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so to go to Los Angeles to represent my country, you know, the World Track Championships was um, was a great privilege because British Cycling knew how good I was on the road in the ten mile time trial, you know. Um, and you know, when I raced in the World Road Championships, I was only thirty two seconds behind the guy that had won gold in Beijing 
you know, a, a great friend of mine now from, you know, Germany, Mikhail Teuber. So to be 32 seconds behind a Paralympic gold medalist in the 10-mile time trial, I knew that within that 12-month period, you know, I could get closer and closer. The, 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 gap, was big, the, the gap was small enough that you knew you could do something about it, like, you know? Yeah, so when British Cycling put me on the track, with the amount of power that I've got for my weight, you know, and, you know, I dropped down from 14 and a half stone to literally 12 and a half stone, you know, a lot of muscle that, um, that, that had dissipated, um, but I, can, I, I, I suppose I, I still kept my strength, obviously I still had my endurance, you know, my big engine, so, so to win that gold medal um, on the track in Los Angeles in the World Championships, was a great stepping stone, you know, for me to beat Mikael Teuber in Germany, uh, for, sorry, from Germany, who had never lost on the track, you know, he'd never lost on the track, and I turned up because of my power, um, that that discipline was just the perfect event for me, Mike, you know, the sad side of it was coming home to my dad's funeral, you know, heartbreaking, yeah. man. Yeah, tough, tough. You know, but, um, but obviously then on to... The epic summer of sport, which was London 2012. Yes, what a what a, what what a lucky you know. We said a lot of stars aligned there for, for for you with with lots of things there. But then you know the the blessing, if you like, of being able to do a home tournament and uh, you know what 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 was that like? It, it was incredible. And for the listeners, you know, listening to this podcast and obviously watching the video on uh, on your YouTube channel, then just think back, just think back to that epic summer of sport. You know, for, for people listening to this, whenever you listen to this, you know, in many years to come, maybe just think back to the summer of 2012, when that epic summer of sport gave GB, you know, a Wimbledon winner. It gave us a Tour de France winner in Sir Bradley Wiggins. You know, the Olympics, you know, the Team GB were literally winning gold medals for fun, you know. No. And, huh. and yet, in my opinion, the Olympics was a great warm-up for the Paralympics. Because it was a great turning point, having seen, you know, power. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mike Armstrong podcast. Uh, this evening, I'm going to have a quick uh, chat about uh, working from home. I know a lot of people covered this subject uh, quite a while ago, uh, at the start of lockdown, because obviously a lot of people were uh, forced into having to work from home for the first time. And uh, they didn't know uh, some of uh, the, the the best advice to get, so there was a lot of advice shared at the time. I actually shared a, a post on my blog, which I'm going to go through sort of the highlights of now, um, just for those people maybe who uh, have forgotten what they were told back then, or maybe you know didn't didn't hear the advice at the time and want to get it now, or have been trying their own way, realizing it didn't work, and are looking for some advice and some tips. Um, you know, to improve the way things have been going, because uh, sometimes people need to, to 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 find out that their own way isn't quite the best before they realise. Okay, let's listen to some advice from from some other ways. So uh, there's not really a feature for this on my podcast. So it's just uh, my Armstrong uh, uh, advice feature, really. Um, but uh, I would uh, suggest you uh, you have a dedicated space at home, a work location. So whatever, you know, that be uh, uh, on an office desk in the, in the office, whether it be on a desk uh, in the lounge, whether it be on the lounge table, whether it be on the, the, the kitchen table, the breakfast bar, you need to find somewhere which is 
comfortable, make it as comfortable as possible. Make sure you've got back support and back rests on the chairs, that sort of thing. Make sure the laptop is at the right height so you're not straining and you're not uh, leaning up, leaning down and that sort of thing. And just make sure you're comfortable. Obviously, if it's a busy household and you've got lots going on, then, you know, probably the kitchen sort of work counter or, um, you know, the, the, the aisle in the middle of the kitchen is probably not the best place. So, you know, think about where you're, you're, you're locating yourself and uh, make sure it's comfortable. And then what I would say then is to find somebody, a, a colleague or another home worker, um, ideally a colleague, but if not somebody who does something similar, uh, and, and pair up with them really, you know, chat with them about how they, they're doing things, how they're getting on, you know, bounce off them really, because working from home can be a lonely thing. So if you can bounce off someone, get a buddy or a colleague or associate or a friend, somebody who's doing something similar to yourself, going through the same situation, learn off each other, bounce off each other and keep each other um, up for moral support and that sort of thing. And that would really, really help you out. And then um, have a work from home plan. So have a routine. So I have a daily schedule um, where I've got to get up, do a podcast, record that podcast, stick it on YouTube if I'm Zooming it or just uh, put it on my podcast if it's audio only. And then share it to sort of... uh, uh, Facebook, uh, then I share it to three Twitter accounts, then I share it to my LinkedIn account, you know, so I have that routine, I do that every morning, then most, uh, well, most days I have a, a morning bre- a networking event, which I attend, if I'm not doing that, then I get straight into, you know, either doing some more social media marketing, or, or writing some content, or doing a website, or whatever it is I've got on for that day, trying to get the big thing that I've got to get done that day out of the way early while you've still got the energy and when you've got the the focus to get it done and out of the way so you can concentrate then on some other stuff I then uh, you know either go out for some exercise or do some exercise in the morning and I do some exercise in the evening um, you know and then I get everything else I've got to get done I do some le- uh, reading I do some learning do some calling um, all that sort of stuff I get done in the middle of the day then once I've got my big thing out of the way and before I go and do my you know my nighttime exercise also I tend to have breakfast you know similar sort of times every day I tend to have brunch but uh, you know I tend to have tea around the same sort of time most most evenings. I tend to uh, eat my tea, cook my tea, and eat my tea while the chase is on because I, I like watching the chase as well. That sort of signifies sort of the end of the real core part of the working day. Although I work you know morning, noon, and night, but that's the you know, the core part of the working day done. Then when the chase is on, I go out for my exercise, come back, and do some more podcasts like I like I'm doing tonight, or do some more social media marketing or, or whatever I want to do in the evening then. But if you've got yourself a plan, you've got yourself a routine, then, uh, you know, that uh, that's good for you to get into a routine because you can get into a bit more of a an autopilot or a flow and things just happen, you know, quicker and, and more naturally than you have to work hard at it every day. And then another tip I would have is to um, think about how you're communicating with others. So obviously, if you're working from home, you need to communicate, you need to keep communicating with people. So... 
again i i mentioned i do a regular networking event online via zoom so i'm regularly uh, communicating with others so i'm not just feeling like i'm on my own all of the time i communicate with people on zoom i also have uh, follow-up chats with people on zoom i also call people I, i use messenger whatsapp and my phone and my text and obviously email as well so you know i've got lots of different types of communication going on i'm communicating and keeping in contact with different people all of the time I'm not working from home. I haven't to report to anyone else as well. But if I did, I'd probably be doing that over the phone, speaking to people. Um, I have like uh, colleagues, clients, network association, people that I pick up the phone to every now and then and have a chat to, have a bit more of a verbal communication with. Uh, but a lot of the time I find texting, emailing, messaging, all that sort of stuff uh, easier because you can message people and you're not contacting them at a time where you hope it might be good for them, but it may not be good for them. So you can send them a message, they get it whenever they're ready and they'll respond back in, in the right time then. So that's uh, that's something to remember is think about how you're communicating with people and who you're communicating with, etc. Then you've got to remember that um, everyone works differently. So, you know, the good thing about uh, the lockdown situation is people are uh, in more or less uh, same routines as me, which is working from home uh, and contactable, you know, more hours of the day because they're not on the commute they're not in work they're not on the way to work or on the way home from work they're not popping into the gym or for something to eat on the way home and that sort of thing so you know where people are they're home and you can contact them everyone but there are different people working on different timelines so again the people i know who are sort of full-on entrepreneurs i tend to contact them later on in the evening the people i know who are more employees or still you know work into that employee routine uh, i'll contact in the middle of the day because you know they won't like to be contacted in the evening especially family people as well people with kids that sort of thing you don't contact them at sort of six seven eight o'clock at night when they're busy doing tea or getting the kids to bed or you know chilling out relaxing watching the telly in the evening that sort of thing so you know you get to know different people and 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 their routines and you know you get to tailor and and work around those routines you know depending on who they are etc and then um, one more tip i would have is is to still have regular meetings so if you're a worker a worker from home for a company you need to arrange either zoom meetings or conference calls or regular meetings with the team in order to keep part of a team and not to fragment and and and, and disband and and, and be all sort of working alone so i would say have regular meetings with your team i myself don't uh, work with a team but i work with associates affiliates that sort of thing and i have regular meetings with with clients customers networking partners you know my network of people that that, that are in my network and all that sort of thing so keep your your regular meetings keep feeling and being part of a team you know have a bit of uh, socializing and a bit of chit chat as well you know keep uh, that relationship building now you're not getting when you're not seeing each other all of the time in work and uh, keep helping each other you know helping each other out and all that sort of thing and that'll keep the teamwork and the morale going but you need to keep having your regular meetings and that would be uh, some of my sort of work from home tips really um try not to get caught out uh, too much with uh things like watching too much telly or getting out and 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 spending too much time outside when the sun's shining that sort of thing i myself because i work all the hours under the sun i actually do choose to go outside when the sun's shining because it doesn't happen very often in wales and then i just make up for the work lost you know in evenings and weekends around those sunny spells because they're so infrequent that you might as well enjoy them 
that's my choice because I work all the other hours anyway, so I can do that. But if you're not willing to do that catch up, you know, evenings, weekends, the catch up around the summer holiday, then just be strict to yourself and just work through the the, the sunny spells like you would if you was in an office. So uh, yeah, that's it from me really. Nothing else left to say other than have a great day. I know I will. And thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hello everyone and welcome to a Mike Armstrong training video from the Mike Armstrong YouTube channel. And uh, I'm going to have a quick chat with people about how I can get 10 bits of content from one activity, um, which normally, if you did them all separately, would take around two hours, um, but I can get done in 30 minutes, saving me an hour and a half every time I do it. And I usually do this activity a number of times a day. So the activity is uh, recording an episode on my podcast. And what I tend to do is I do it on Zoom. So I'm able to send the video to my YouTube channel and the audio to my podcast. Uh, now, quite often I'm doing networking follow-up meetings. So I get to have a chat with somebody and get to understand their business. So those three things, if done separately, would each take half an hour at a time, but I'm able to save an hour off the bat by doing them all at once. Then what I tend to do is I, uh, from the uh, audio, I share the um, content to my blog on my website, which is WordPress. I could share it to multiple blogs, and sometimes I do. I shared it to multiple Twitter accounts, to my Facebook uh, account. I shared it to my LinkedIn account. Then I shared it to my Hootsuite and my Buffer, which have all my linked social media accounts on again for, for it to go out again. Uh, later on in the day. Then I go to my YouTube channel where I've uploaded the video and I share the video to my blogger blog. I share it to my social media accounts and I share it to my WordPress website. So basically then I've created content for my podcast, content for my, um, for my uh, YouTube channel, uh, I've done a networking follow-up call, and then I've created content for LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, um, and uh, yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, plus I've created content for my blog on my WordPress website, my WordPress standalone blogs, and also my blogger blog. So however many accounts you've got on social media, is how many times you can share that content live as it's been uploaded. And then obviously as you're sharing it to your feeders, I use Hootsuite and Buffer, but you can use whichever ones you want to, then that uh, content gets reshared again then in the auto schedule or in a scheduled time that you set for later on in the day. So that is how you can get you know 10 or more bits of content done and out there in just you know probably an hour saving yourself at least an hour but maybe more and that's pretty much uh, a, a big efficiency uh, social media marketing digital marketing and podcasting stroke youtubing tip from me on how to get more out of your time so you can get more done in your day uh, if you want more advice help or coaching please check out the mikearmstrong.me website Check out the Mike Armstrong podcast or the Mike Armstrong YouTube channel, which should be where you found this video. 
And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, check out my coaching or mentoring uh, products on my MikeArmstrong.me website and feel free to get in touch or fill in the details by online and I'll be in touch to discuss what area of coaching and mentoring and business efficiency and business success that you would like me to work on. I also work on life coaching, including uh, teaching people the happiness formula, which is a daily uh, routine of activities to be the happiest you that you can be. So check out that. That's on my MikeArmstrong.me website. I've also got content on this YouTube channel and also on my Mike Armstrong podcast. So take a listen, take a look. And if it's for you, get in touch. Thank you very much. Have a great day. I know I will. And thank you very much for watching and listening. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello everyone and welcome to the Mike Armstrong podcast show. Uh, today I'm going to have a chat with people about uh, sort of success and success in the workplace rather than in uh, life as an entrepreneur or as uh, you know somebody who's chasing their own goal and dreams. You know, uh, I actually believe you're going to be happiest in life if you're a captain of your own ship and if you're going after your own destiny and uh, you know you're driving towards your own ambitions and your own goals and dreams but a lot of people end up in the safe environment of a job with their paid salary and all the rest of that sort of thing and ultimately if you are in the workplace if you want to get on in the workplace then i've got a strategy which should help you to get promoted in the workplace which a lot of people don't adopt and it's why you can get promoted and why you can work your way up in a company or in a corporation so most people only do what they're paid to do so you know they'll make an assessment based on how much they're paid and what is expected of them and what hours they're gonna work and that's the hours they work. You know, if they start at nine and they work till five, they'll turn up at nine and they'll be out the door at five. A lot of them will turn up at nine, not start until quarter past, you know, have a lunch break for an hour, but you know, maybe try and push that to an hour and a half. You know, have their 15 minute breaks every, you know, time they're allowed to, but push them to 20, 25. And then at you know quarter to five, they've turned the computer off and they're shooting out the door at five to five. Now, ultimately, that's going to mean that you're getting good value for money with what you're getting paid at the time because you're actually working less than you're being paid to work. But it's not going to get you promoted. It's not going to get you noticed by your boss. And it's not going to get you you know earning more and more money. So, you know, ultimately, my strategy always was act as if. So if, for example, I wanted to be the manager, I acted as if I was the manager. And eventually, they give you the job. If I want to be the sales director, I act as if I'm the sales director and eventually they'll give you the job. So, you know, ultimately it's about doing as much as you can for the business uh, and rather than just what you're paid to do, you know, take on more responsibility, do more things and people will pay you accordingly. Uh, if they don't, after a while, you know, measure the impact your extra activities have had and go to them with a proposition or a plan. You know, so uh, if you do that, you'll be vastly different than the majority of people and you're going to stand out from the crowd, which means you're going to help get, you know, it's going to help you to get promoted. I myself worked for a tech startup business for 10 years. I got promoted nine times in six years from a telesales executive to one under the MD as premier account director. And ultimately, after another four years in that business, the reason I left is because I couldn't get promoted anymore, really. I was one under the MD. The MD was going to be around a while. I, I, I thought, you know, 10 years is a long time to put into a, a business. 
you know the the promotions plateaued a bit you know as as they would because there was nowhere really else to go and for me you know life's about progressing it's about improving it's about getting better not about plateauing staying level or even worse getting worse so you know if you've got a progressive mind you've got to keep working hard keep building up you will get rewarded for it but you've got to take the action and the initiative first you know not wait for people to pay you more money before you do more just do more get it done sort it out and you will get rewarded for it in the long run but ultimately even if you don't get rewarded in the long run which is the reason people don't do these things because they think well what if i don't get rewarded for all that extra effort if you don't get rewarded you'll have learned a lot of extra stuff that you wouldn't have learned if you hadn't done that those things and then you're able to go and move on into a better position somewhere else or you're able to actually implement a better business yourself if you decide to go self-employed so you can't lose really you can't lose so you know ultimately act as if you're doing the next position up work hard and you'll get it and just keep doing that until you know you get to wherever you want to get to so that's pretty much all i want to say on that subject matter really and nothing else left to say other than have a great day i know i will And thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mike Armstrong Podcast Show. Uh, This evening, I'm just going to have a quick chat, uh, offering a bit of advice to entrepreneurs and young entrepreneurs, young salespeople, young business people, that sort of thing on how to build confidence. Uh, It's actually also relevant to older entrepreneurs who still have got to the age they've got to and haven't built confidence. So here's a couple of tips uh, in order to uh, help you build some confidence levels. So one would be take on more responsibility in work or in your life and uh, prove to yourself that you can do it. The more you take on the responsibility, the more you do it and achieve it, the more you'll believe that you can do and achieve and the more confidence you'll get from doing so. When you speak to people and you meet them, etc., give them a good, strong handshake. Uh, obviously, once coronavirus uh, situation is over, and also look them in the eyes and keep their gaze. If you look deep into people's eyes, that will show you, show them that you're confident, and it'll build your confidence uh, up as well. So that's another level, another way to build confidence, etc. If you go to a meeting, don't just sit there listening to the meeting, but get involved. Say your point of view, say your piece. Tell people if you disagree with them, don't just go with the flow. If you actually have a different opinion, voice it. Uh, if you go to networking events or other events, uh, don't be frightened to stand up and say something. Put your hand up and ask a question. You know, get involved in the conversation, get involved in the event. All these things will actually help you to build confidence. If you're on social media, don't just watch the social media. Don't just like things. Say something. Comment on some posts. Put some of your own content on there as well. Get used to having a voice, finding your voice and commenting on what you want to comment on and say in your piece. Um, yeah, you know, if, you, if you're uh, frightened of speaking and you don't want to... Um, you know, embarrass yourself, etc. Then practice. Practice makes perfect. Practice doing short lives on uh, social media like Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, etc. Or practice doing a podcast so it's just audio only, and pra- practice talking into your audio on your phone or into your, a podcast. If you like the the post and and, and you want to share it, share it. If you don't, delete it and fill, record another one. 
But at the end of the day, what difference does it matter how perfect the, the content is? What matters is what you've got to say, really, and whether it's going to be useful for people or not. So um, practice podcasting, practice speaking on social media, etc. Practice speaking at events. And then, you know, also practice in front of the camera then, you know, practice on YouTube, practice on videos on your phone. Get build your confidence up which will help with your building of confidence but it'll also help you with other aspects of your life like being able to speak in public and being able to uh, market your business and all those sort of things so there's a few tips that I would give for helping people to build up their confidence levels and uh, another one one more to leave is uh, record a video of yourself selling to yourself selling about how good you are sell yourself to yourself and how awesome you are, what experience you got, what what great attributes you have, and all that sort of thing, and play it to yourself regularly. So uh, there's lots of different ways there of building up confidence. Let me know how you get on after you've uh, implemented some of those strategies and some of those techniques for a while. Um, that's pretty much all I got to say on that subject matter. Nothing else left to say other than have a great day. I know I will, and thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye bye.